Hey Ringers, welcome back for season eight, episode 85. Woo! Yeah. So guys, it has been quite the ride. In this episode, though, we are really going to talk about something that's like very current right now and something that is likely on a lot of your minds. Yep, it's pretty simple. It's a pretty straightforward episode. We get right into it. There's a couple of important announcements to make sure that you hear about our Patreon account right in the very beginning of the episode. But there's also probably one of the most important pieces of advice that you really want to stick around for. It's kind of like right smack dab in the middle of the episode. So stick around for that and let's make it happen. Hey there, ringers. Welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Daniel Pasternak, wedding planner of DP Knack Events. And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography. Together, we are two wedding pros sharing our best tips, tricks, and advice for planning a wedding that feels good to you. Because planning a wedding is hard work, but not anymore, because we've got your back. So Dan, are you ready? You know it! Let's do this. Hey, Ringers, welcome back to the, I guess this is technically the second episode, but it's also like the first official episode because the first episode was just about us. But yeah, so welcome back to actual season eight. Here we are. Hey, Danielle. Yes, episode 85. I like the number 85 because that's the year we were born. And I always feel like it's a nice round number. So I feel like that's like good juju for this episode. Well, I blew it. There we go. Just jinxed us. (laughs) (laughs) Bummer. (laughs) Oh, man. So here we are in middle of June, end of June 2020. We're still in the thick of the quarantine. Well, we're I guess we're sort of coming out of it. But you know, for any of you future listeners, that's what's going on in our world right now. But I feel like this episode is going to have a lot of significance for couples in the next six months to a year. I mean, for sure, there were mini monies and micro weddings happening before this. But I think this is going to be especially relevant to people who are concerned about their wedding being still affected by COVID-19. Yeah, for sure. And before we jump in today's episode, Dan mentioned that another episode came out today along with this episode where we kind of had a chance to reintroduce ourselves to you guys, which I actually thought was a lot of fun, Dan. It was quite nice having that conversation with you and catching up. But in that episode, we actually announced all of our new membership tiers on our Patreon. So If you want to learn more about it, definitely please go listen to that episode and just have a little bit of fun with us for a little bit. But one tier in particular we wanted to talk with you about and make sure you knew about. Yep, give it to us. Come on. Is our new Ringer Club, guys. (laughs) So... We launched our Patreon back in season six, and since then we've been making a lot of like tweaks to it, and it's really been a work in progress. And for this season, we really honed in on three levels that we wanted to offer to you guys as a way to support our show and ultimately get what you need as you plan your wedding. That's really what that is all about for sure. So there is an entry level, honorary ringer level, and then there's a high VIP access level, but this ringer club is our happy, happy place, right? Because This is something where it's truly a club. There's going to be a monthly Zoom hangout with Dan and I and all of the fellow club members to really just have a spot to ask us anything you want. We can talk about whatever you want. We can talk about Harry Potter stuff. We can talk about anything you guys need because really this podcast and everything about our Ringer community is exactly that. It's a community. And I think when you have people together in that support system, everything becomes a heck of a lot easier. And we are all about that. 
Yep. Know that like if we have helped you or encouraged you or supported you guys in any way, I guess the sweetest thing you could possibly do is to support our show so we can do that for other couples. So you're really supporting other couples and their journey and just allowing us to continue sharing this message of positivity, joy, and some downright sensible wedding planning advice. What is actually included in the Ringer Club level? Okay, yes. So it's $19 a month. It's like I said, truly a club. You're getting the monthly hangouts with Dan and I where you're going to ask us anything. We have merch for you guys that we'll be sending you free gifts after you're a member for so long. You are going to get special discounts in this fun thing that I am launching in July coming very, very soon where it's going to be a ton of resources and planning things for you that you're going to get like super uber bonus discounts to. And really it's a space for you to share what you want to hear and what you want to know and get your questions answered so i'm excited one of the things that i always hear from people is can i cancel my membership yeah, yeah yes exactly right you <laughs> yeah, can cancel anytime <laughs> yeah you're not locked into 19 dollars a month forever <gasps> but if you want to support that'd us be forever, great if be... they were though wouldn't it okay. nah. be great. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's hop into this episode what do you say yes well real quick if you guys want to learn more about patreon there's mm. the link in the show notes, but patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-A-R-O-I. We love you. We're so thankful for you guys. Yes, we are. <laughs> so like I said at the beginning of the episode, we're talking about small weddings today. And small weddings, even small weddings, take many different forms. But this is going to be, like I said, specifically relevant to a lot of couples who are being affected by COVID-19 and if they're moving their wedding in a year or more and if they're keeping a small wedding for now because they've been planning on having this date in September for two years. So they're having like a mini wedding and then they're having the full party at a later date or something. But we're going to go over all different kinds of ways that you can do this safely, that you can have a small wedding with the people who mean the most to you and what that could look like. Yeah, we talk a lot about things that apply to most weddings on this podcast, like that's just what it is. But small weddings in particular have certain nuances to them that we really wanted to specifically focus on since it's really so timely right now for so many of you. So we're going to be unpacking a little bit of this. Obviously, the disclaimer always goes that whatever we talk about, it's up to you to put your spin onto it and make it yours. We're here to kind of, as Dan always says, peel back the veil a little bit and <laughs> present you with some ideas or thoughts or different ways of thinking about something to inspire you to go forward and do what it is that makes sense for you, your partner, and your families. Ultimately, as Dan said, we are all about you doing what makes sense for you, but doing it in a way that's now safe for everybody that's able to be there. So the three things I kind of wanted to talk about in this episode in the idea of small weddings are basically elopements, minimonies, which is so much fun to say, and micro-weddings. So as we go through all this, we're going to be using those three different words, and they all kind of mean different things, but I don't want to assume that you know what those things all are. So Dan, let's start with elopements, okay? Okay. Do you want to explain what an elopement is, Dan? Sure. I'll explain what an elopement is. An elopement is a very slimmed down, no guests, no frills, no frills, I guess, for guests, you would say, wedding where two people and maybe often a photographer and an officiant, maybe they go to a destination or something where it's basically just 
those four people and you get married. I feel like right now the big thing is like you see like a couple getting married like on the edge, like a mountaintop or like edge of a cliff or something where it's like photographer efficient couple and that's it, you know, and or like maybe like one or two people supportive and that's it. But that's kind of the main thing. I feel like the original idea you used to think of when you heard elopement was like couple rebellious going to Vegas, getting married in like, you know, the Elvis Chapel or something like that is what you thought of as an elopement, but a little different now. Right. Yeah. I think there's the idea of like running away, right, to elope. Yes. Like that's kind of what attached the idea of an elopement. And while that's certainly still like totally a thing and you could totally do that, and I think that would be awesome. I think in recent years, the terms used more often when describing a smaller wedding with just very, very few people there, often just the couple and the person marrying them. And of course, a photographer, because that's a really important piece of the puzzle. And I think it's really considered to be incredibly romantic. So that's an elopement. Elopement is kind of like the smallest version of a wedding in terms of not small in terms of meaning, small in terms of the amount of people there. Okay. All right. Let's talk about mini monies. Dan, please say mini monies out loud because it's so much fun. Mini monies. Right? Everybody out there, as you're listening to it, say it with us. Ready? One, two, three. Mini monies. Mini monies. Anyway, I feel like mini monies are something that I'm seeing a lot of right now. Right. I think mini monies is, and I, I don't know where I first heard this term, but it's fun to say. So here it is. This type of wedding is really coming out of necessity with what COVID-19 has been affecting to all of these couples. A mini-money specifically, at least in, in 2020 and in this time right now, is a small ceremony, ceremony only, that's really hard to say, ceremony only event with just the couple, their close family, the officiant, and a photographer. So this is like 10 to 15 people or less is what we're looking at. And the focus is just on the ceremony. Did you just come up with a new name for it? Ceremonially? Ceremonial. Well, ceremonially is a word. No, ceremonially. Ceremonially. Oh, Monly. I see ah, what you did there. Only ceremony. No, you there did you that. Go. That is all you. Trademark that $100,000 idea right there. There you go. Either way, <laughs> moving on. Like I said, the mini money is really there to focus on the ceremony aspect. And it's coming because couples are having to postpone kind of the big celebration, but they still want to honor the original date that they were getting married or just still have something this year so they can continue on with the next chapter of lives without necessarily putting everything on hold because they were excited to get married. And it's okay to be excited to get married and still want to do something. So that's the idea is that this is the mini money is happening and then the big celebration or party reception is happening at a later date. Yeah, this exact thing is what I've seen several times recently where, you know, couples been thinking about their May 2nd wedding for two years. That's what they're on the save the dates. That's what is on all these different things. And COVID-19 came along and they had to move everything. But they still said, you know what, we're getting married on this date. This is the date we've been thinking about for a really long time. And the couple I'm thinking of, they moved their wedding, but then they very quickly organized a very simple ceremony, family only, all masked up and everything in their backyard with Zoom cameras everywhere, somebody holding the Zoom camera, one up by the ceremony spot. And it was absolutely beautiful. And I'll tell you what, it was quite possibly one of the most emotional weddings I've ever been to because it was like everything – I guess you can argue that all of these things are kind of everything's like the pomp and circumstance stripped away. But this one in particular was so 
intense and so emotional. Like I'm thinking of the bride, uh, Sarah, who was expecting her family members to be there and her siblings to be there, was obviously somewhat bummed that like she couldn't have this massive group of her friends and family there. So unbeknownst to her, the groom's sister created one of those drive-by things where like a bunch of cars get together in the parking lot nearby. So my job was to bring the couple down to like this alleyway saying that I was going to take pictures there. Definitely not a good place to take pictures, but <laughs> I, I brought them down there. And, you know, two or three minutes later, this massive group of cars went by and they both lost it. And so I'm like photographing them and I'm losing it because they're just like it's already charged with emotion. But you know, I think that regardless, these and we'll, we'll, I think we'll get to this in a minute. But like there's still a lot of meaning that can be held in these small groups of people, this stripped down version of just a ceremony only, a mini money, whatever it is. Um, a lot of meaning can be injected in those, even if everything's broadcast digitally over Zoom or something like that. Yeah. And with this, there's been a demand created for the ability to broadcast stuff over Zoom. So don't feel like that's something you have to figure out yourself. There's actually a ton of companies offering that service right now because, quite frankly, they don't have anything else to focus on or any other work to do because everything else has gotten canceled. So a lot of DJ and media companies have been offering this as a great way to share this wonderful experience with more of your guests. Did you see the drive-in wedding? The drive-in wedding. Yes, I'm pretty sure a friend of mine did that. Did they? Uh, We're like, down in they, Texas? It was like was it in Texas? I thought there was one up here too. Maybe it was in Texas, Maybe. but like all the guests went to a drive-in and sat there and watched the wedding on a screen that was being broadcast somewhere from somewhere else. Yes, I think so. I think the one I'm thinking of, I think the couple was at the drive-in as well, but I'm not sure. We'll have to look that up and let's look it up and stick it in the show notes because I think that would be really awesome. But the one I'm thinking of, a planner friend of mine, Cassie Crudo, she put that together or I know she was attached to it in some way, but that one was really cool, but I'll have to look it up. Okay, so... The third one that I want to talk about and kind of break down a little bit is a micro wedding. This is also sometimes called like an intimate wedding, small wedding, whatever you want to call it. But this is my like favorite, favorite thing on the entire planet. This is what Mike and I will be doing when we do our wedding. So obviously I'm incredibly biased and partial to it, but I love sharing why, because to me, that's the part that's kind of like most overlooked. A micro wedding is usually less than 30 people, but it's a full on wedding even though it's like small in number of guests. So you have a ceremony, you have the dinner, you can have like dancing or whatever kind of entertainment that's allowed in your area at that time. But like, it can be just this fun, goofy, good time. It can be super fancy. It can be super beautiful and over the top. But because everything is scaled down as much as it is, you're able to go really not crazy, because that's like the wrong word, but like you're just really able to go over the top with all of the things that are involved with it. So if like flowers, there's photography, there's like all these beautiful details. And it honestly, obviously it can go bigger than 30 guests, but 30 is usually the number with most venues where like once you go over 30, you're going into like a different territory on the size of the space you need and like the kind of service that's involved. So that's why I usually say 30 people or less. But yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Think of it this way, like imagine you have a $20,000 budget. Say you have a $20,000 reception budget for 100 guests, which I'm just using. Danielle's like, that's not going to happen. Or maybe it does happen. <laughs> I don't know. But what I'm saying is like imagine you have a $20,000 budget for 100 guests. That might get you one kind of experience in one place. But imagine if you had a $20,000 budget for 25 guests. 
right? What kind of experience could you give those 25 guests if you have $400 per head versus $75 per person or something like that? So I think you can create a much more tailored customized personal experience for this small group of very important, very close people and treat them to something absolutely amazing that they wouldn't have expected otherwise. Yeah. Can I share a little bit, I guess, about what Mike and I have talked about? Because this is where like, I get really excited. So right now, like everything we've talked about is so much in not specifics because we haven't actually sit down and like officially planned anything yet. But everything we talk about always is kind of centered around this idea of it being us, our immediate families, which is like our parents, the kiddos, the siblings. And the idea of it is just to have the type of ceremony where we can like look at each other, look at all of these people and like just take in that moment, which is I'm so excited for. But then follow all of that up with like this incredible dinner with like a beautiful tablescape of flowers and details and things that we would not be able to afford, quite frankly, if we invited 200 plus people there. But to just give our closest people the kind of experience that shows how much we love them, how much we're grateful for their support, and how much we just want to like make this beautiful moment really meaningful for us, but also for them too. Yeah, I think we couldn't do this episode without talking about Lauren and Sean, which we've definitely talked about in other episodes as well, especially episode 62, which is totally all about micro weddings with Alisa Tong, who's this amazing, efficient celebrant, celebrant. And Lauren and Sean, a really amazing couple that Danielle and I both got a chance to work with, who's a listener of this podcast. And they originally had like a 200 person wedding planned in Philly and scrapped it after a couple different ideas and thoughts um, and ended up doing this really spectacular, romantic, beautiful wedding at the top of the Gramercy Park Hotel in New York City. And it was like, well, how many people was it? 38, I think. 28. 28. I'm not a details person, right? Like I am an artist for sure. Like I can appreciate the natural beauty of things and like thought that people put into it. But like the ambiance, the creativity that Lauren put into that place and transformed that space, right? And I think, you know, somebody being very visually inclined and very affected by like environments. I was surprised at how much just flowers and table arrangements, what that I've seen many of can change a space so dramatically. Like I'm thinking of the geodes that she had where she did calligraphy on them in gold, right? Like it was just so beautifully put together and just what a spectacular experience that she was able and they were able to really put together for just this small group of people. I feel like words are not really doing it justice, but just such an amazing experience unlike anything I've seen. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite weddings I've ever gotten the pleasure to be a part of. And I think it was just because it was filled with so much intention, so much love. It was exactly what they wanted. And I love that they went the route that they did. And I think the key to all of this, like the heart of all of this is that Whatever you end up doing and whatever you decide to do, nothing about going small means that it needs to be less special or less real or less formal or less of anything that you want it to be. You know what I mean? Right. I think it's hard sometimes to go from like being really excited for like a huge 
party on a dance floor with 200 people and then saying like, okay, well now the only thing is, you know, we're going to be able to say our vows to each other and like take a few photos. I think it's really about framing it and still planning the day so that it's still full of the joy. Maybe it can't be full of 200 people on a dance floor just yet because maybe that's not safe right now to do. But like you can pack that day in a way that is like so beautiful and luxurious and important and meaningful and intentional. I love that, you know? Yep. Like how often in our lives can we like just dump so much goodness into one day, right? Yep. I think that that is probably the number one most important point for any single person listening to this episode is that going small does not equal any of those things, right? Like you said, it was what? It's not going to be less special or less real. I mean, you could make it less formal if you wanted to just have it really chill, but it doesn't need to be less formal just because there's less people. And if there's anything that you really think about or that you remember out there about this, it's that, you know, going back to what we very first talked about, this is your day for everybody else, right? I mean, you heard us talk about it like this day, even though you're designing it with for a much smaller group of people, you're designing this experience for them, for other people to enjoy. I can't drive this point home enough is that small does not mean less than. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Well said, for sure. I think it's tough because the wedding industry and the event industry on the whole is designed around these big parties and huge luxurious extravagance yeah yeah Yeah, exactly it's really based around all of that and i think as a couple as you're kind of deciding what it is that you want to do together sometimes it's easy to get lost in that and say like well gosh we don't want to look back and have regrets or we don't want to look back and say like oh gosh i wish we should have splurged or we should have done this and i think while covid is a very terrible and brutal thing that's going through our world right now, obviously, with all of the sickness and the deaths. One of the silver linings of this is that maybe this gives you a chance to kind of have both, to have the small, meaningful moment where you can like go nuts and splurge or just give that day a ton of meaning. And then also have that big party later on if you want to do that, where you can bring everybody together. But like, imagine maybe the weight that's going to be lifted off of you by having this moment now early on, you're already married, you can go on and like do all the fun things in your lives and then get excited again about planning the reception celebration and then maybe the honeymoon or maybe you do the honeymoon before it. Like you get to kind of make up your rules always, always, no matter COVID or not, You get to make up the rules for your wedding, obviously within like laws and like safety and all that. (laughs) And like what's realistic, I'll caveat. But really though, like you get to decide what it is you want to do. It doesn't need to be a magazine or a blog or a freaking podcast. Like do what you want to do. I think it's really, really important though to remember why you're doing what you're doing, right? At the end of the day. Right. And you know what? I feel like, yes, it's important to remember like why you're doing everything. But I also feel like, we need to shift a little bit of gears here and give some people a couple like tangible things to think about or like some logistical things that I know are running through your mind as people are like making this decision to maybe do one of these things as they're pushing off their wedding to next year. Like what's the first step? Where do people go from here when they say, all right, we're staying on this date. This is the day we're getting married, but we're moving our wedding somewhere else. What do we do with this date that we still have that we still expect our wedding to be on even when the party's another 
year away or something. Yeah. Step one is finding a spot to do this in. You need to find a venue, whether it's your backyard, whether it's the courthouse, whether it's a restaurant that's going to do this up for you. Ultimately, that is kind of the key as with planning a big wedding. I've said that before. Once you guys figure out what it is that you want, your first step is you need to find the venue because the venue and the date dictate every single other thing. So same thing here. Once you figure out that you're going to say we're going to do something small, the next step is, okay, where can we do this? Because those two things, the venue and the date, are your key foundations in all of this. Now, if you don't have someplace specific in mind, this is a really great place to work with like a local specialist, either a wedding planner or somebody who specializes in finding venues for this sort of thing. Quite frankly, you can probably Google micro wedding Austin, Texas or micro wedding Atlanta, Georgia, whatever it is, or elopement or small wedding. And you'll start seeing article after article. A ton of industry professionals right now are shifting gears, getting ready for this wave of small weddings that are coming through, myself included, that are focusing in on venues that are going to create this like really beautiful experience. Keep in mind if you're going outside of like, not traditional venue, because I don't mean traditional in the sense of wedding, but traditional in the sense of like, they are going to be providing like your food and all that stuff. If you're saying like, we're going to go to some park or some property somewhere and just do a quick ceremony. Keep in mind that some places still are going to require a permit or permission of some sort, even if you're just doing a quick ceremony. So keep that in mind, because I think the last thing you want on your wedding day is to be doing these vows and like have some like park ranger come up and like scoot you out of there. You know what I mean? So yeah, do it by the book. That's me. That's that's the guys. I can't break rules. So that's where that's coming from. You do you. But that's my advice, I guess, is to still do your due diligence just because it's like not a full blown event doesn't mean that you can bypass some of that stuff. Like Dan, for you example, when you take photos in Philly, there's certain areas that you require, not you, but the city of Philadelphia requires a permit in order to shoot there. That's something that kind of like needs to happen. Yeah, my thing is always photograph first, ask for permission later, but you know, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. I mean, yeah, the permits are uh, in Philly. Yeah, for sure are. You've got to get them because people are sticklers, and especially if there's other people on that day on a very popular day and they're trying to get in there too. You got to have that piece of paper to say, nope, this is my slot. I paid for yep. this time slot. But I think the next thing on my list, and we already talked about this or we kind of hinted on this a little bit, is that like just because it's a small wedding, don't skimp uh, on the guest experience, right? Like you still want to make sure that you're, you're – what are the four things that you always say that you need to have for a great wedding? Yeah, you need to um, – what do you need to do? You need to ki- uh, give them food, give Ooh, them drink. You. I know, right? I didn't have this written down. <laughs> Yeah, you need to give them food, you need to give them something to drink, you need to entertain them somehow, and you got to keep them comfortable. So those are the four things that Danielle, I feel like you say every couple of episodes, but just because you're having a small wedding doesn't mean that you can just forget about these things, right? Within reason, right? I think right. there's like there certain be- safety things still at play, right? So like, depending on where you're at, some of those things may be tricky to do, but I still think there's ways around it to like make it still extra special. Above all else though, comfort to me is like a number one most important. And even to be honest, comfort kind of encapsulates all the other three. Because if I'm not hungry, I'm comfortable. If I'm not super thirsty, I'm comfortable. If I'm like, if I got some tunes going playing in the background, I'm quite comfortable. You know what I mean? So that's really what it all comes down to. Yeah. There's certain things that like you're saying that might be kind of tricky, right? Like, you know, if you're doing this in your backyard, 
you know, how many places can you go to to pick food up, right? Like I'm thinking where we're at, some of us aren't comfortable going to a grocery store still. And that's a very real thing. You know, who knows if the grocery store is making cakes or if even bake shops are open, all these different things. But definitely something to think about. But I guess what I'm trying to say is keep that on your mind, right? That you're still inviting these people to take part in this day or hour or two hours, how can you still make it special for them to be a part of it and to feel the love that you guys are sharing with each other? Do you know? Yeah, I will still be on this soapbox that just because this is something that's small, there are still people that you should have on your team for sure. And when we're talking about all these little things like, oh, should there be food and all of this stuff? This is where having a planner coordinator on your team is going to really help because they're going to be the ones that they kind of making sure all that stuff is happening so that you and whoever is there with you can still focus on the thing that's a number one most important. So when you're looking at something that's small, I think there's still ways that you're allowed to splurge a little bit. You know what I mean? Yep. So maybe by going small this time around, or maybe this is your only time that you're going to be doing this, so you really want to make it everything that it is that you want it to be, it is okay to splurge and get like a really amazing, great outfit, right? You can get that gorgeous jewelry or accessory or watch or shoes or <gasps> I'm just getting so excited talking about all these things, but really like you can... <laughs> You can splurge on that stuff if you want, because maybe the rest of the wedding budget doesn't need to go towards feeding 200 people now. Now you're just focusing on 10 people or maybe splurge on that incredible meal for your however many people that are there or work with the florist. Like we said earlier, create this like beautiful space for your family to like have this incredible meal. Like it's just all these things. I just I love splurging on it. But either way, no matter what you do, I don't care if you're butt naked. I care if you're butt naked. What am I saying? But if you don't do anything else, you need your officiant and guys still hire a photographer. Okay. Dan is smiling. Whether you can work out something with your current photographer or you want to take the opportunity to work with someone you otherwise might not have been able to due to budget or availability, whatever it is, big or small, having someone there to capture this moment is so important. Like we said earlier, small does not equal less special, less real, less anything. And not to say if you don't have a photo to post on Instagram, it didn't happen because that's not necessarily true. But guys, these photos are going to be the ones that like you're going to tell these stories with to yep. future generations. Yep. And said it better myself. Oh, but Dan, come on. You have to have something to add to that. You always have thoughts when we talk about photography. You know, it's actually kind of funny that you're saying this because I feel like what you said before, like splurging on whatever you want, right? A great outfit, an awesome meal or something like that, you know, could also be photography. So all right, follow me on this analogy. You know how I love analogies that are kind of related. But there's this awesome book called The Barefoot Investor. The author's name is Scott Pape, I believe his name is. And he talks about how he like – is a normal guy and he lives like a millionaire. And when I heard this, I was like, all right, buddy, what do you got for me? And he talked about how his house burned down and he's like, I mean, everything, everything was gone. And he said they essentially got a big fat check from the insurance company that was basically the worth of everything that was in his house, everything, including the house, the cars, everything. And he said they just sat on it. So it was like pushing the reset button. And he said what they ended up doing is they, of course, got a new house and that kind of stuff, but they chose very selectively what they put back in the house. And he talks about like these like little things that they ended up splurging on that like, you know, any other time of the year it doesn't or like if you're just like going through the motions of the day or or like having kids or whatever, it doesn't make sense because you already got all this 
stuff that you've already accumulated. And he talks about like he bought a very fancy, expensive pillow. He's like, I, you spend a third, a third of your life sleeping, right? Like, I want this amazing pillow. He talks about like these amazing shoes that he bought that he loves. He talks about these amazing socks, like just these like little like conveniences that like you normally wouldn't necessarily think to spend money on. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is like if I can relate that to the wedding, right? Since you're having this slim down version you get to pick and choose like you said the things that are most important to you you get to do that with a big 200 person wedding as well and you get to splurge in your own way there but since there's maybe already an assumption of a smaller budget since there's less people you can choose certain things to really go luxurious on if you want to if that's in your mind you know now all of a sudden that photographer who's a little bit more expensive might be a realization or now maybe the rock star planner that you said you know what this wedding is really you know we're trying to keep it small but very meaningful we just need somebody to pull it all together for us maybe at the rock star planner maybe it's the like we were talking about lauren and sean before maybe it's this amazing set of centerpieces and details and trinkets and like experience you can do for your guests so you know maybe you're having the wedding of a millionaire or the wedding of your dreams and you're allowed to do that now you're able to do that now because you have just this uh slightly different way that you're approaching it for sure i love that so much i think it would just be cool to have like as a photographer because again you need to have a photographer there you can have like one big group photo of everybody at your wedding too how many people not all couples can say that they have that yep both covid weddings that i did thus far have had a big group photo because it was 12 to 15 people each time but super important that's yeah. less than you see at the like big Catholic weddings where we have all the aunties and uncles and cousins and second cousins and <laughs> all that all up the altar trying to take their picture. So, yeah, guys, this is really about finding the joy again and doing it in a way that is still meaningful to you and not surrounding it with like a sadness because, yes, you're allowed to mourn the loss of what was or what can't happen just yet. And that is OK. But when you're ready finding that joy and just leaning in hard to it is really going to make all the difference in the world. And I am so, so excited that once weddings are going to start back into gear again, I can't wait to see all the stories and photos and all the stuff that's going to come out. I'm so excited for that. Send them to us. We want to see them. (laughs) Really. (laughs) For sure. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. Hey, before we wrap up this episode, we want to take a minute and give lots of love and virtual high fives to all of our Patreon supporters. We wouldn't be here without you. You guys are the best. Yeah, you are. And if you want to join this fabulous community of ringers, because let's be real, things are way easier when you have a solid support system who's going through it just like you are. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, or just click the link in the show notes. Yeah, not only are you helping out our show, but we are committed to bringing you a ton of extra help along the way. Like we've said, we got your back. Another way you can show your support is to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. If you want to dive deeper on anything that we talked about today, check out the show notes at putaringonapodcast.com. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, where you can catch some more tips, see Dan's amazing photos, and watch some behind-the-scenes bloopers. Follow us at Put A Ring On It Podcast. Now, friends, remember, we are here to help you, but no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding is going to be amazing. Because you rock! Until next time, ringers.